Hey everyone, welcome into a new Mental Game Podcast. I'm Sam Breed, not from my home studio in Chicago, but from my traveling studio, which today is at the Double Tree Hotel in lovely Jackson, Tennessee, just about an hour to the west, no, an hour to the east of Memphis. I'm here on the road with the Chicago Dogs, which is one of my day jobs. I serve as the broadcaster for the Dogs, if you're not aware independent baseball team in the American Association and our season started last week and now we're on our first road trip so I'm here in Jackson Tennessee and my guest today is a dogs player left fielder Brennan Metzger who's a veteran of pro baseball now in his ninth season as a pro former draft choice of the San Francisco Giants and now a member of the dogs so I've got Brennan on the podcast today for a few reasons he's got an incredible story, which I'll let him tell you. He's locked in on the mental game, and he loves to discuss it. He worked with the great Ken Revisa in college, who's one of the grandfathers, the grandfather of this industry. And he's just a great guy who's fun to hang out with, good to talk to, and I think you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, live from Jackson, it's the first in-person, non-Zoom, mental game podcast Featuring Chicago Dogs left fielder, Brennan Metzger. Tell me the story of a time that you were mentally challenged. It came along when I got to college. Um, I mean, it, as a college baseball player, uh, going to Long Beach State University, that was one of the things that they just beat into our brains was being, uh, they were going to challenge us. And they wanted to find out who was going to be mentally strong enough to be able to get through it so that they could rely on you come game time, you know, crunch time situation um, through in, in a big time game. So that's where it kind of started for me. Um, to be honest with you, though, the most significant mentally challenged, challenging thing I ever went through in my life uh, was when I was going through my battle with Crohn's disease and I was in the hospital spending days and days on end uh, in the hospital and being able to be equipped with those tools of, of the mental game and being able to take it and apply it outside of like the baseball world into real life situation and push me through uh, my struggles when I was, was battling Crohn's disease in the hospital. That was probably it for me. You were in the hospital for over a month, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. And this was right after college? You were just starting yeah, your pro was, career? Yes, yeah, this was 2013. Getting, getting ready to go right before, right before my first spring training. I was... Uh, in and out of the hospital for probably a total of four months in in 2013. But yeah, the longest stretch, like consecutively, was about 33 days. 33 days. 33 days. And correct me if I'm wrong, you had a procedure on your colon. Yes. Yeah, I had total removal of my large intestines. So that was a heck of a process in its own right. So uh, yeah, the, the mental the mental side, being able to stay present and fight through and uh, not quit on myself was was a challenge every every day and so uh yeah it re- really did help help me get through it sometimes just going through the motions of life can be mentally taxing right and people who have mental health issues already that's exacerbated but when your physical body is being challenged so much i'm curious how at first that affected your your mind I mean, it was wild. I mean, for me, because I'd never, I'd never experienced anything like that before. You know, I was 
always, you know, from the time I was a young kid going on through high school, college, I was always you know, really good athlete in shape, took really good care of myself, um, you know, lifted weights, ate right, you know, so going from like elite athlete shape to all of a sudden my body was failing me. I mean, that was something that, well, I've just never, I've never dealt with before. So like mentally that was just, I was thrown for a loop. And especially when I was just seeing, like physically seeing my body just deteriorate, like it was, it was tough. I definitely, I went through it in the hospital. There were times where, I mean, I was, I was having some serious talks with God about, Hey, just take, take me home. Cause it's, I'm, I didn't have a whole lot of fight left in me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there was, there was definitely that real, that real battle, like internally and, you know, mentally like, man, like what, what's going on? So yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. I can't imagine, you know, what people that, that deal and struggle with mental illness on a daily basis must go through, you know, cause I went through a bit of it myself and uh, I mean, it's, it's no joke. The body was something you kind of took for granted of, uh, granted for your first few years, right? When you're an elite athlete and everything's going right and then it's just taken away. Right. The body, the health really, yeah. you know, it's, it really is like, it's something you do take for granted because it's, it's what you know, you know, you get up, you wake up every day, you hop out of bed, you go about your day, you do what you do, and it's it's normal. And so when normal becomes disrupted, uh, you know it can really it throws off it throws off a lot of things for us, especially as people. You know we're, we're creatures of habit. You know so you get you get used to that everyday flow of what you're doing in your life, and then all of a sudden it's just changed. Not only changed, but like significantly changed. It's I think for really for anybody, it, it's it's a tough thing to that, that that adjustment period and how you how you get through and overcome and move on to the next thing. It's it's a tough it's a tough stretch. How much weight did you lose? Eighty pounds. Eighty pounds. 80 so what pounds. was your lowest? Eighty pounds. I was one ninety before I was sick, and the day I walked out of the hospital, uh, I was one ten. Walked out at one ten, skin and bones. Holy one ten, skin and, and you're. 5'11"? 5'11", yeah. Wow. And at this point, you're a professional athlete. Yeah. Dude. So, you know, we're talking about taking your body for granted and your habits getting screwed up because of yep. this, which is obvious if you weren't a professional athlete. But on top of it, you're looking to make a living and make a career and fulfill your dreams of playing pro ball. Yep. And now you weigh 110 walking out of the hospital. What are you thinking? I mean, it was unbelievable. To be honest with you, I didn't think there was there was a time where I didn't think I was going to walk out of that hospital. Um, I, I I really really didn't because I mean things were just not not going well. And uh, I mean it, it was crazy. Like you know, was, I I remember. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget this day. I remember when I got to the point where I was healthy enough where I could actually sponge bath myself in the hospital. Uh, I remember like standing in the shower and like picking up, like having to like grab my leg and like pick it up to like kind of like wash it down and I remember seeing it and looking at it and like grabbing and it was about the size of my wrists like I could, I could hold it there and Your I thigh. Just, uh, yeah my thigh okay. and so I remember looking and just kind of like breaking down going like like what you know what's going on body you know I mean obviously knew it was going on but it was just it was just crazy to me to think that this is this is what I was this was the body I was living in right now because I've just never never felt that before you know so um yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know what that that journey, you know, beyond that was going to be like. All I know is was I hated the situation I was in at the moment and I was going to do whatever it took to to try and fix it and try and get out of it and not let my 
present situation be the permanent situation and uh, continue to move past it. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I knew I was I was going to refuse to to let that be what it was. There's there's something about losing something that makes another aspect of you come out more. I'm always fascinated by, for example, blind people have often very incredible sense of hearing. Deaf people, it, I mean, it, it, you, you, you pick up what you're missing out on. And for a guy like you, when your body is in a large way taken away from you, you have to lean on what's between the ears, right? Yes. Because that you know, you didn't undergo brain surgery, right? You had your mind and you tried to keep it. So I'm curious, in those low moments when you're, when you're feeling the leg, when you think you might not be able to walk out, self-talk, uh, meditation, any sort of strategies you use to stay in it? Yeah, I mean, the mind-body connection is a crazy thing. And um, I really, you know, knew, I mean, I was grinding through it. I was, you know, fighting for my life in there. And Knowing that, you know, having my family there and my, my mom, my dad coming to see me every day and a very, very small handful of friends that I, I let know, like, kind of what was going on. Most most people didn't really know of the situation that I was going through. Um, one, because I just, I didn't really want people to know. And two, I was just so sick that there wasn't, like, really an opportunity for me. Like, hey, guys, I'm going through this. I was just in it. I was in my fight, you know. Um, so f f for me, you know, once... You know, just seeing my family come down every day and and knowing and understanding like the, the pain that they were going through, um, seeing seeing me like that, you know, I just it flipped a switch, you know, and I was like, well, I I can't I can't give up, cause, you know, my my family's here to support me and and be here for me, and I see what this is doing to them, and I'm gonna fight I'm gonna fight it all the way through, and so that's when I really really kind of tapped into all the mental, the mental training that I went through as a collegiate athlete to prepare me for life and baseball beyond college and really, really, um, embraced it and felt it like, thankfully I was only, I was only a year removed from college and I really bought into the mental game that, uh, that we went through there. And I just, I just started diving in and trying to stay present and stay focused and control the things that I could control. And that was, you know, trust in my doctors not giving up, doing what I needed to do in the hospital to to move on and progress to get myself out of there, force myself to get up out of that bed and take my walker and walk around the hospital every day to get movement going. And, and I, I mean, I bought into it because I was I knew the fight was bigger. It was bigger than just for me. It was, you know, for my family um, and kind of what they were going through, too. That's admirable. I think it says a lot about you that that was the spark. It, yeah. it also shows why family so important. Yeah, because they inspired you to buy into that. Yeah. So in those moments, is it you looking at yourself in the mirror and, and talking to yourself? Is it is it talking in your own head? Is it just simply saying, screw it, I'm, I'm going to go on a walk? Like, like, what is that process like? You know, it was, I think it was a combination of a few different things. Um, one, Knowing and like so like knowing and understanding that I didn't want to be in the type of pain that I was in anymore and the sooner I could try to work the process of getting the body moving and up and walking and the steps of progression um, 
the sooner I could like start accomplishing those things, the sooner that we could move forward and, and overcome like what we were going through there. Uh, that in combination with yeah, looking in the mirror and like not recognizing myself, uh, and then also, you know, just I think it was for me it was when the uh, my family, my my parents have like a, a, a serenity prayer uh, that's like stitched quilted together that I think it was like one of my, my grandmother's from like a long time ago they brought it in and like they had it sitting next to next to my uh, my bedside and I actually ended up getting that tattooed on my arm so it says God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference and so I, every day I would wake up and look at that and it just really helped me remember to just stay present and like adopt that and embrace that and I think that combination of things for me is what really kind of just sparked it and carried me through really doing the same thing every day right reading the prayer I know you didn't have a tattooed mm -hmm. yet at that point but it just keeps you grounded, right? No right. matter what, no matter right. what your body looks like, feels like, what the doctors are saying, you can still do that because you're alive. And I know at times that was in doubt, but you were able to walk out of there. And it, it feels strange to even bring up baseball. And I think it something people don't realize about pro athletes like yourself. You know, we've been sitting and chatting here for about 20 minutes and this is the first time I've even said the word baseball since we started. You're more than just baseball, but I am a little curious what that mental process, which is a life-threatening one, does to your baseball process. If you go 0 for 5, or today, if your neck hurts because of a diving catch, like that feels like the tiniest little potato bud compared to the ordeal in 2013 sure yeah I mean and that's where I mean perspective right perspective changes when you when you go through uh, something something like that and to, for me every day that I get the opportunity to be out on the baseball field whether I have a four for four day or an 0 for five day with five strikeouts because I have been there five five really five yeah oh for five five strikeouts been there I don't even know what kind of sombrero that is. It's a it's a fancily decorated <laughs> uh -huh. diamond encrusted one, maybe. Yeah, um, I think I, I that happened to me. What that didn't I didn't do the strikeouts, although I'm sure I would if I if I were playing in the games you're playing in. But we had a player do that against us once, and um, I think I called it a platinum. Yeah, platinum sure. sombrero. Six. I'm pretty sure. Golden golden is is three. Golden's four. I is thought. it four? Yeah. You, maybe you're right. Three so is just a bad day. You're right. So platinum, platinum <laughs> would be platinum would be would be probably five. And uh, I like the diamond encrusted. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I was close because I was close to six. I, I think I got to a three-two count. I ended up walking and and won it back to salvage a, 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 on base for the day. But uh, but yeah, been there. Six. Been, that I, I thankfully I, we have not checked that one off yet. I don't plan on ever doing that. But uh, don't do it this yeah, season. No, man. We're, we're gonna not. We're gonna not. We're gonna not. Do <laughs> I'll that. be up there trying to no. comb through my book of precious metals. <laughs> no, that was that was that was a long time ago. We're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that again. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like just being able to get out here and and do this again. You know, with body willing and able and healthy. Um, and the competitive spirit still flowing, uh, you know, through the veins, it's, it's a blessing every day, really, you know, cause 
one, just in general, there's a lot of people out there that would you know, love this opportunity to be able to compete. Um, and for me, it, you know, it means something to, you know, a little bit more than just being out here playing baseball. It's, you know, an opportunity to like really understand that I, I'm living right now, you know, and, and being able to be out and be in it. It's just, it's a gift for me, you know, cause there was really a time where, you know, when I was, when I was sick, like, baseball forget about it there, that was there was there was not a, not a, there was not a thought of like how am I going to play baseball right now it's it was well, how am I going to leave the hospital right now how am I going to you know f- fight to stay alive right now and and, and be through and then, then baseball would happen later but you know so every day man every day out here is just it's a great day you know that's why you'll see me out there I'm having fun you'll, you'll catch me having fun out there on the field every day I'm out there kind of dancing around you dance. the outfield and giving you know, interacting with the people, you know, it's just a pleasure to be here. And one, it, it keeps me loose. It keeps me loose out there. I enjoy it. And uh, I feel like if you're loose and having fun. You're giving yourself the best opportunity to play at your best, too. So that's kind of for me. Just, it brings it all together. I see in your eyes how grateful you are to play. But was that in doubt? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, you were under contract with the Giants and you weighed 110 pounds and thought you might not be able to walk. So to me, that says, well, you were more worried about staying alive than playing baseball. So at what point in the recovery process did it turn into, all right, time to beef back up and get on the field? Well, I mean, the thought of that was always there. Um, I guess, like, in the moment, in the hospital, it was, okay, focus, control what I can control, and focus on getting out of the hospital. And then the baseball part was something that was coming later, but I couldn't, couldn't focus on that now because it wasn't here. It wasn't here yet. So, um, however, I did, I did have one of my good buddies, um, Matt Duffy. He's a member of, he was a member of the Giants at the time. We got drafted together. We played together for three years at Long Beach State, currently a Chicago Cub, uh, doing it for the Cubbies right now. Um, he sent me a picture of my spring training locker. Um, that first year of spring training with, with my number on my jersey, name on the back, all that. Um, he said, like, dude, you're number one. And I just sent it to me. And I, I had it. And I had my dad actually go like blow up the picture and print it out. And they brought that in. And they were hanging. They hung it on the wall like in my, in my bed. So like every day, there was a little bit of that thought, like just extra motivation. Hey, we're going to get out. And we're going to get back there. We're going to get back. And we're going to do that again. Um, so that was always there. Obviously, like the focus wasn't on that. It was okay. Let's get healthy first, because until I could get health, I mean, I had to get healthy before I could even start thinking about that again. But uh, that thought was always there. Um, but we're really, when it the the switch flipped was once I finally got out of the hospital and I was able to go home and I was stable again. Uh, it took about a week at home. They're like, "Hey, you need to like really rest and recover," you know, because I had four emergency surgeries in a span of a couple weeks just cutting me open through my core uh like, hey you've got to really recover and do this this and this and i was like okay like we're gonna do that and then i went home for a week and then what started going back to the gym i was like all right well i'm at 110 pounds we got to get back up to about 170 180 uh here pretty soon so i started going back to the gym just riding the stationary bike just getting my body moving really slowly um and from there, like the process started, and 
uh, we just, it was time, it was time to go. I mean, it was, it was crazy because I went from, okay, I could lift weights, I could do whatever I could run sprint to the extent was, we're just going to ride the stationary bike and babe, take those baby steps again and kind of relearn it all. So yeah, it happened quick. It happened quick. You use the phrase cutting me through my core, which hit me because 95% of the time I hear the word core, mm -hmm. it's maybe I'm Googling 10 minute core workout, right? Or, or I'm hearing someone at the gym saying, oh, you know, this is a good core workout, yep. core workout. We're all trying to strengthen our core. Yep. That just slaps me in the face as throwing it into perspective. You're not working out the core on some dumb YouTube video. They are slicing you open through the core. Oh. Yeah. Jeez, man, that's... Yeah, have you ever had, have you ever had your abs cramp before? Is it, is it, has one, has you ever had a cramp? I, not really a cramp, but yeah. like I've had the moment where I'm doing crunches and it, you know, it just burns. And you get that burn? Yeah. Or like, or like the day after. Day right? after. Ooh. Day after we go to move, it's like, ooh, I'm sore. Yeah. Yeah, that was like never a never-ending feeling up in there. Like, and then it was open, but man, man, that's uh, you know, I've, I've got respect for you for for going through that that journey. W what's it like now? I mean, just I guess this is a more physical thing, but just playing baseball, you look great. You played great the last few years. You kicked our ass. You remember the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks? You'd come in and and play the dogs and always play very well. Now you're a part of the dogs, which I'm grateful for, but. Does it affect you, the Crohn's? Just what's the deal? Um, honestly, I, I mean, I do a pretty good job of trying to stay on top of it. You know, while I'm out here, I mean, every time I, I leave and come out to baseball season, um, there's some adjustments that that have to be made, and I, you know, I try to do my best to, to eat eat healthy, uh, keep my body right and conditioned, you know, during the season, and then make sure make sure you know I have a place to go and get my my infusion to get my medication, all that. Um, but for the most part, I mean, I'm pretty solid when, I, when I'm out here doing I, I definitely have my days where it's better than others. Like, there's definitely days where I'm out here, like, the fatigue, the fatigue of the, of the nature of the disease kicks in. And, uh, you know, I'm grinding through some stuff. But, you know, I've been doing that my whole life, you know, with for, for as long as I've had, had the disease. And you know, so it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, I may not be feeling great that day, but I'm used to not really feeling great all the time. So I know how to kind of handle it and get through it and... You know, I wish I wish it wasn't the case, but you know, there's those days where it's like, hey, we're just gonna have to grind a little bit harder today and find a way, find a way to do to use 100% of the 60% that I've got in the tank today. Um, so it's just the game of adjustments, really. That's all you can control. Yeah. Just like you can't control what pitch gets thrown at you, right? If the guy comes in and he's pumping a hundred, right? You can't be like, oh well. That's tough, <laughs> you know. You got you got to just take it, yeah. right? And 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 get after it. Yeah, I mean, you've got to take take it for what it is, just and you know, embrace it as it comes along, and prepare yourself the best you can, and go out there, and you know, whatever whatever it is that day is what it's going to be, and fight through it, and maybe tomorrow will be a little bit better day. What's your mental approach at the plate? Um, I try to keep it really simple. I try to keep it really simple on myself. Um, I try to. Make sure that I'm focused on good breathing, uh, so that my body's slowed down. I really try to feel slow uh, and calm and quiet in the box, um, and I really like I try to keep it simple as 
sending my all of my energy back through center field. So if I can send everything going back through center field, wherever the pitch may be, uh, if my energy direction is going this way, like chances are it's matching the pitcher's energy that's coming forward at me, coming from the direction of center field. If I can get my bat moving that way, then the likelihood of me being able to hit a pitch to right, center, or left field, it's just going to go up. When you say energy, mm-hmm. is that a physical momentum, or is it like you are spiritually gravitated to center? A little bit of both. It's a little yeah, bit I kind of both. got that sense. It's a little bit of both. Because um, physically, yes, physical part is a big part of like letting it go and like, you know, through, through the process of the swing. Um, but then also like being able to mentally like keep that thought there and that feeling of we're going to control, like slow this down. We're not going to get caught up in the moment of the situation or the, the, the situation that's presenting itself right now. And, oh, I'm going to try and hit a home run. I'm going to try and do this. I'm going to try and do that. And just keeping that projection of let's just send it there. You know, and let it go, let it go out this way. And uh, so, yeah, I guess it is kind of a little bit of a combination of both. I got that sense. The center field thing's interesting. I've talked to a lot of players. I never heard that specifically. Something else I'm curious about, because baseball as a microcosm for life is just so fascinating when you look at the small picture versus the big picture. Because you're sitting up there, let's say it's a 3-2 count with two outs, bottom nine, bases loaded. Like, that's a big moment. That's your moment. You've got to focus on the pitch. And because the moment is such a big one, you're only focused on that pitch. You're not thinking about your health. You're not thinking about uh, big picture career decisions, right? You have to focus on that. But it's a little harder, let's say, second inning, Let's say you're not even playing that day. You're sitting in the dugout. Your mind wanders. And it's harder to stay present. And then there's so much when you're at the minor league level, at the independent level, where maybe you're thinking, oh, I need to perform X way to get this result, to get the call up, to make it. Because we're all trying to make it, me included, as a broadcaster. So I guess what I'm asking you here is how do you stay present when there's just so much crap to think about right i think having a focal point and and what that is is something something that you can go to on any given day uh that really is a reminder to bring you back to where you need to be i'm a big believer of being where you need to be when you need to be there and i got that from our mental coach that uh i was blessed to work with in college his name was uh, ken revisa is no longer with us, um, and he was, I mean, incredible. So uh, Ken, Ken came from, you know, the time I stepped on campus, he was there working with us um, along with so many other collegiate and professional programs. Um, and being able to equip yourself with those tools everywhere you go, whether it be, hey, I need to get dialed in for this this next pitch, and like, you know, oh, I missed, I missed the pitch before that. And I was like, man, that was my pitch. I'm pissed off. Now I'm thinking about dang it, I, I should have hit that ball. Oh, the, the frustrations of, oh, that was my pitch, like this and that, like letting it hit me. And then, okay, well, we have to step out. We have to flush that because it's over with now. And I'll usually find like a spot on my bat where I can like look on, like take that breath, that good breath in and flush the negativity and get myself back to what matters. And that's 
being right here right now in this moment ready for this next opportunity because it's the only one that matters anything that happened in the past that say i got to that three two count the four or five however many pitches that happened before that those are done with they're never coming back and the result that's going to come in the future i can't control that because it hasn't happened only thing i control is right here right now being ready for this this pitch this moment or whatever moment I'm, I'm in right now we're we're here sitting we're here sitting talking you know baseball life you know on the podcast nothing else there's nothing else i can control right now because this is where we're at and this is what we're doing so being able to like move the the thoughts and, and the mind to that idea of just really focusing on being present and like just having those little bits, those little tidbits and things that you can go to to remind yourself to be there for me is what it, what it is. That's really salient. And it, it's interesting how it can happen even when we're doing something we love. I battle it in the broadcast booth sometimes, which is my favorite thing. It's when I feel so alive, I'm like, if you watched me, you'd be like, man, that guy's having the time of his life. But I'd be lying if I didn't tell you there are times in the middle of a long road trip, I'm tired, maybe my throat hurts, and my mind might start to go back. i got to pull myself back. It's like, come on, if you're not in this moment right now, then what's the point? What's the point if you're thinking about what's going to happen next or, or what happened before? You have to stay in the moment. It's, it's easier said than done, though. Right. Yeah, especially in the world we live in today, in the, in the world of social media, mm. and this and that, and all the distractions that are available. You know, it, It's really easy to kind of lose sight of, being present where you're at right now and um i think i think it's it is one of those tools that you can you can work on to like you know challenge yourself to to really get, be hey, embrace that embrace that that idea of being what you hear people talk about all the time oh be in the moment be in the moment and it's like well, what does it really mean mm-hmm. you know but until you like really feel yourself in it um and like what that does and how present you can be and on any given thing that you're doing, like that's when you're gonna be at your best in whatever it is, whether it's baseball, you know, business, uh, life, relationships, you know, being able to take any one of those things and whatever it is you're focusing on that, like really, really being present in it, you know, it's gonna be, allow you to be the best version of yourself at that given time. And, and having the physical representation of that you mentioned for you it's the bat right in the hospital it was the serenity prayer for me it's often just the baseball field because i'm up on top of it i don't want to get distracted by things in the booth like my phone or anything else so it's like really feeling like i'm actually on top of the field so having a physical crutch is really helpful and now brandon i'm curious because I would have loved to sit down with Ken Revisa, and he's no longer with us. He's one of the godfathers of this industry of mental performance, and I'm speaking to one of his former pupils. So tell me one lesson that you think if I had Ken sitting right here and I were picking his brain, what's one thing he would tell me? He would, he would definitely tell you. He would come in and say, oh, here we are, back <laughs> with the boys. Good to see you, man. How are we doing? Oh, your mom was being a bitch. Your girlfriend was up your ass. You failed your test today. Well, guess what, man? That doesn't matter because we're here now. And he would just sit there and really like hit you with all of this stuff, like the real life stuff that that you know, like everybody deals with, you know. And it's like 
hits you with these moments of like, oh, you had to get up, you had to go to school, you had to test, you forgot to study, you failed it, your coach is up your ass, your mom is pissed off at you for not cleaning your room, your girlfriend sucks right now. All the stuff, like the the uh, the, the stressors of life, right, that, that hits you at one time. And so, he, you know, we all deal with it, right, on a daily basis in our own lives, in our own ways. And he'll hit and he comes at you with it and it's just like, oh shoot, you feel this overwhelming. He goes, now go ahead, I want you to close your eyes. Let's go ahead and close your eyes, take that deep breath in and just have us go through like a breathing exercise of just, okay, let's just slow it all down and we're gonna let all of that go and we're gonna flush it and now we're going to bring this, this calm over us and just be here, you know? And that was like a really big thing of like, this high, he come at you with the high energy, right? Like get you, you know, heart rate up, get everything going, bring it, bring it up here and then bringing it back to right here. So like th those were some of the things that, that he would, you know, really, um, really come at you with. And then being able to like bring that meant that, that attitude with, with you. And like what, as far as like baseball goes, like when you step in the box and everything and being able to just, you know, Hey, it's me and you pitcher. He'd be like, you get on there. Hey, bring it, bitch. It's what he'd say. Hey, bring it, bitch. Like, and just have that swagger, that moxie about yourself. Like, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready for what you got. Let's go. And uh, just the, the stuff like that, you know, is is he was pretty incredible with what he was able to do and like the good energy that he was able to bring and like the the stuff that he would do. And I just, you know, and then then being able to like bring you back to like we're present right now. So those it was those lessons that really like that's where I learned all of it from, and it's it, I carry it today. Like I bring, I still I still work it today. You're putting it into practice. You'll put it into practice tonight at the game. And you're also now soon going to try to help others. I know you've got a few initiatives bubbling up and fans of the podcast. Certainly, you'll tell them at the end how to follow you on social media. But you're now at the point where you're starting to look and see how can you make an impact, right? Like we talk about Ken. He's impacted so many by the exponential effect just because of how he changed the industry of, of the mental game. So what are you trying to do now and looking at coaching and performance? Yeah, I mean, I, I really like I embrace I embrace all that, the everything that I've learned over the years. And I think I think as a baseball player and, and been having been blessed to continue to play this game for as long as I can and understanding, you know, how health and well being and men mental health um, are all such important things, you know, for, for just people in general. Like I want I'm trying to bring it, I want to try and bring it all together and use this opportunity and this platform and, um, and, and spread the knowledge of all of it to, to everybody, you know, cause everybody has their own thing that they're going through, whether it be, you know, their life, their health, their business, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I really try to like, I want to like, let people know, Hey, you can get through it as long as you're keeping your head in the right place. Um, and for those kids out there that are aspiring to be baseball players or athletes and everything, um, that, hey, you guys, look, you can do it too. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. But if you keep working hard and you work the process the right way and you take care of your body and you go hard at it every day, like that process that you as you work it over and over and over it, it that's what builds you up that's what gives you that opportunity to to uh to compete and perform and you never know 
where your opportunity might lie. So uh, yeah, I'm trying to put it all together and you know share everything that I do as an athlete uh, for that younger generation of kids that aspire to be athletes, whether they're baseball players, football players, basketball players, um, just being an athlete in general um, and how you, if you work the process the, the correct way, uh, the performance is going to come uh, on the other end, but you have to trust it. It's all about trusting the process. I have that written on my phone, actually. I have a reminder set that just stays on my home screen. Trust. Trust it. It's a big word. Brennan, tell the people that they want to follow you, stay in touch with what you're up to, how they can. At Instagram, at BMETS1234. I do have a Twitter handle. I need to start figuring out how to get more active on Twitter. I don't use it a whole lot. I believe it's just Brennan Metzger. Uh, search it I, I don't I don't get on there I, I find I find that the Twitter world can be can be uh, a monster sometimes yeah. so I, I, I stay away uh, so be at bmets1234 on Instagram Facebook Brennan Metzger um, and I know I'd love to connect with the people and you know help help share share my story just get in touch with others network um, and just maybe be an uplifting helping hand for anybody at any time your story is really inspiring, and, and there's so much in your past that I appreciate you letting me into. But the last question I have for you, again, this is a, a token question that I hit guests with, but we're looking to the future now. So tell me one tangible way that you want to improve your mental game going forward. I, never, I, I think I just, I just never want to lose sight of the fact that you're never, you can never be too good at anything, really. And so being able to, like, presently focus on, like, sharpening those tools in the mental game and never be, uh, never be closed off to learning, really. And, and I'm, always be, I'm always open to accepting, like, new knowledge and, and learning from others because I learned, I learned the mental game from Ken Revisa, and I have some of the tools that he provided me with. But anywhere that there are other, there's so many you know, high-quality mental coaches out there, I'd love to learn from anybody and, and take, take things from somebody that might connect with me and apply it. Um, so just that, that openness of accepting you know, what other people have to say and taking it and digesting it and processing it um, and just never like, closing the doors on things, you know, always kind of keeping an open door. Um, and open to learning. I think for me, I think that's how it's going to help, you know, really for anything, but especially for me in the mental game moving forward. You can never be too good. It's true. There, there's no such thing. What is too good? That I, I couldn't I even... <laughs> now we're getting into philosophy, but I couldn't even define it. Too good. Yeah, that's not a thing. So let, let's get after it, man. I appreciate you coming on, you know, sharing your story. You've been through so much, man. I, I, I really... You opening up on the, on this platform, I appreciate. So thanks for coming on, Brendan Metzger. Sam, thanks for having me. I simply can't thank Brendan enough for coming on the podcast today. He's been through so much. It's challenged him physically, mentally, and now to see the way he just attacks every day with energy. Even when he doesn't have it, he has to, as he said, make 100% out of the 60 he's got. That's inspiring to me, and I hope it touched something in you. Again, Brennan Metzger, left fielder 
for the Chicago Dogs. So this has been another Mental Game Podcast, this time from the road, from Jackson, Tennessee. And as always, I'm Sam Brief. Very happy to be with you. Make sure you take care of others, but most importantly, take care of yourself. Remember how important that self-care is. Take time for yourself. Do the things you love to do. And just like Brandon does at the plate, breathe. Okay, adios. Adios.